What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Dusty Dimes Podcast. I am your host, TJ Plugger, with my co-host, Mike Warfield. What is up, Mike? What is going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. We got a uh, special Stanley Cup uh, edition episode here tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah a little, people, <laughs> or a little do, uh, people know uh, how long ago it was, but you know what? when we won a cup. Yeah, it's... Dude, hey, I'll take it, man. It's... Uh, oh, Stanley, yeah, Stanley Cup's a Stanley Cup. Hey, you know what? It's going to be cool, though, just because uh, we're going to have Joe Watson joining us in a little bit here. And uh, for a lot of people that don't know, Joe Watson was born July 6, 1943. So that makes him 78 years old around uh, Legend. today's day. Legend. Yep. And, dude, I saw, him, I saw him buzzing. 10. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Hey, average 5'10", 165. He's a D-man. Love it already. Shoots lefty. Love it already. Crazy part is uh, Joe ended up playing for, I believe, the Flyers for, what, over at least seven seasons, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I think it's, what, nine almost, I think, or it might might be 11. I'm trying to look here. I think it's 11 seasons he's played for the Flyers. That's incredible. And the funny thing is, is he's still involved to this day with the Philadelphia Flyers. Dude, and that's the thing, man. It's nice, too. They gave him a very good tribute. Uh, I actually read up on that a little bit earlier. And uh, it's nice to see. He played in alumni games. And, he, you know, he wasn't known for to be a goal scorer, but he was definitely known for that Broad Street bully mentality. Yes, he sir. just brought a lot of fruit to the game. He, was, he had a lot of perseverance in his game. And that's one of those things that, it, you know, unfortunately, you don't see a lot of that nowadays. Nope. Not at all. But it's going to be a great conversation. But I hear I'm going to – guys, you got to bear with us tonight. Uh, we got special circumstances here with Joe. Uh, we got to add him on to a call here, so it's going to be a little bit of a delay. And when he connects, we'll, we'll get it going. But give us a second here. It's going, Mike. Give me a second. Give me a second. Hey, no worries. Just hanging out. You know? <laughs> I know we're not going anywhere. Yep. All right, give me a second. I'm going to add him on here. Joe, it's TJ with Dusty Dimes. Yeah, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Can you hear us? Yeah, uh, I hear you. Yep. Awesome. Mike, you here? Hey, how's it going, Joe? Oh, fine, thank you. Yeah. Joe, yeah. We, did, we just, first of all, we want to thank you for taking the time out to uh, speak with us tonight. I'm sorry it's late. We had a little difficulties earlier, but uh, we'll get it no started. Problem. So We'll get it started here so uh, we can get you off. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Joe. Um, so, really look forward to talking to you here. Um, I guess my first question right off the bat is, when you were a kid, uh, how did you imagine hockey, you know, looking up into the future? Did you ever really think you would be playing in the NHL or, you know, winning, you know, back-to-back Stanley Cups in the future? Well, you know, that's a great question because, you know, when you grow up in a little environment, well, I, I grew up in a little place in, in uh, northern British Columbia called Smithers, and it was only 150 miles from Alaska. The winters are very severe and very, very cold, and we had natural ice, and so we had opportunities to elude a lot of skating and uh, uh, play hockey, scrimmage, obviously, because there's only about 600 people at the time lived in the town. But I remember, I'll never forget this, and this sticks out in my mind, and it stuck out in my mind today, and it's 71 years later that. We played against another team, we're playing against another team, and I grabbed the puck, went through this whole team, and I scored a goal, I come back to the bench, and Claude Munson was a local druggist in Smithers, a town, like I say, of six, seven hundred people, and uh, he said, Joe, you keep on playing like that, you'll play in the National Hockey League one of these years, and that, <laughs> that was, oh God, 1948-49, and I never forgot that until... You know, I mean, uh, I, I, I spoke at a function the other day, and 
somebody asked me a question you just asked me very similar and I told him I I never thought of it um, until I was seven eight years old and and this guy said something to me and it stuck in my mind to this day and uh, you never know when somebody's gonna make such an impact in your life and then you know I progressed there and uh, went on to play junior hockey in Saskatchewan Estevan Saskatchewan and turned pro uh, in 1963 and and uh, that's uh, I just, I just feel I, I just thought I was gonna, you know, honestly, I was very. I, I, I worked hard. I wasn't as talented as a lot of my teammates, but I worked. Understood the game, and I just felt that uh, my time was gonna come, and it did come. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? And it's great too because I remember when I was even younger, but when I was about four or five years old, when I first started hitting, I didn't really know what hockey was until I really watched my first game. And that's almost when you're you're hooked. And yeah, it, it, it's kind of one of those things for you. Even playing juniors, was that your overall goal? Just make it to the NHL, and you know. Well, I wanted to turn pro first of all, and I did pro, turn pro in 1963 with Minneapolis. And uh, I remember I for three thousand dollars <laughs> to play hockey, <laughs> pro hockey, and. Uh, and I was clearing $219 every two weeks, and I thought, boy, I'm living high off rock. This is a great life, and I'm making some money doing it and enjoying it immensely. Now, Joe, uh, Joe, well, Joe, you say that, and it's, you know, people that don't follow you on, you know, Instagram or Twitter is you, yeah. have, you, you have all of your documents from back when you first started playing, which I think is cool. Yeah, 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 you know. I'm a hoarder. I hoarded everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I, I'm serious. I got stuff going back in the '50s, early '50s, and uh, and even the late '40s when I was a young boy just playing hockey. And uh, I got pictures and everything else, and articles in the local paper that I still have. And and I don't know if you know Bill Meltzer. He's a reporter. Yep. He writes for the Flyers and that. And uh, and uh, we're doing a book right now. And I got all this information for him that. He never thought <laughs> he never thought we could come up with something like this. But I have all my contracts, every one of my contracts. When I turned, uh, uh, when I for the National Hockey, not not when I turned pro, but for the National Hockey, every one of my contracts I still have, with the exception of the one that I just showed Bill, and he put it on, he put it on the website or whatever he did, you know. And yeah. uh, as far as technology goes, I don't know much about uh, technology at all. You know, I really don't. So I give the information, and then I give that to my wife, and my wife forwards on to another friend of my wife's, and, and then Bill, Bill and this, uh, this girl, uh, they do most of the work. That's awesome. Now, now, go ahead, Mike. I guess my next question for you, uh, Joe, is when you were going from juniors to even going to pro, was it always that, like, were you always a defenseman, or when you were growing up kind of, trying to find your role well uh i was a defenseman uh, I, I mean i was a forward until i was 14 years old and we were going to uh the british columbia juvenile championships in a place called quenelle british columbia and one of our guys got hurt and and couldn't play and we only had three defenses so the coach his name was joe Kennedy, he asked me to go back and play defense and I kind of enjoyed it. I just stayed there, and that's where I ended up playing. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, now, Joe, uh, you played for Boston, you played for Colorado, and you played for Philly, right? I don't know if you were ever asked this yep. question before, but just you know, looking back and thinking, like, what if you didn't make it to the Flyers? Like, where do you think you would have ended up? and how your career would have ended up? Well, you know what? Uh, I, I thought I had a good year in Boston in 1966. Yep. And what happened in Boston in those days, you're allowed, only allowed to protect 10 players uh, before the draft, and I wasn't with the 10 players protected by Boston, but I beat out two guys for a job the year before. I beat out Dallas Smith and Gary Doak for a job in Boston. And then uh, when the expansion draft comes along in 67, uh, the Flyers never thought they would lose. I'd be the first player taken, uh, uh, other than the goalies. And uh, 
they were thinking some other player would take, they would be taken, and then they were going to protect me because Harry Sinden, I played uh, hockey with Harry Sinden for three years in the minors, and he was a coach in Boston, and he, and half them was a general manager, and half seemed to like the guys in the East more than he did the West guys. So uh, Harry had to go along with what he told him, and because uh, he was a general manager, but. But Harry wrote me a nice note after uh, I ended up with the Flyers. And they tried to get me back, but um, the Flyers were looking for too much, and, and, and Boston said so it was just too rich for their blood, so they <laughs> let me go. But uh, it was very disappointing. But, you know, when I look back, now it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Absolutely. You know, come with the Flyers, and, uh, of course, you know, like you say, winning. And, uh, and I honestly think we could have won a third Stanley Cup, too, there in 1976. We played Montreal. We didn't have Bernie or, or McLeish. We didn't have Bernie for uh, uh, for the whole playoffs, and we didn't have McLeish from uh, February 23rd on. He got hurt, and uh, and he couldn't play, and uh, so uh, we were we were stuck and short, little short offensively. Uh, but every game went against Montreal, and they had a great team. They were so close. I mean, we played the first game of Montreal. And uh, we were up 3 nothing the first 12, 13 minutes of the damn game. And then what happened was Dryden makes an incredible save off my brother. If he doesn't make the save, Craig, we're up 4 nothing. Yeah. You know? And and, uh, and they, then they just come, kept on pecking away at us. And uh, and they eventually won the game 4-3. But I remember the god darn goal. Guy Lapointe scored a goal at <laughs> a real bad angle and Wayne Stevenson. Yeah. And uh, I said, oh boy, oh boy. And then the second game, we got beat two to one. And Lafleur. And I was right on the ice for God. He was, you know, the puck went by me, and Steph didn't pick it up. And in the net it goes, and we're, we're, you know, we lose two to one. Yeah. And then we go down to Philadelphia, and, and we lose three two. And a guy named Pierre Bouchard hadn't scored a goal all friggin' year. He scores <laughs> a friggin' goal, and they win the game three two. <laughs> oh God! And then we lost the last one in, in Philly, five uh, three. They got an open net goal to go up five three. But like I said, you know, if we had had McLeish and uh, Bernie, I think we would have made it much more difficult for Montreal because we were a very tight defensive hockey team. And and uh, I just think that you know our system, the way we played our system, the way Freddie wanted us to play, uh-huh. uh, even though we couldn't skate with Montreal, we could shut him down in various ways. And, we did a good job of shutting him down. It's just that some goals went in that we didn't expect to go in, but that's 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 the nature of the game. Absolutely. And then you you know you touched on my my next question here is, you know, you mentioned Fred Shiro, and you know people see you know videos on you know on the internet about Fred and his his ways, his one word sayings on the boards. Can you touch on what it was like playing for Fred and being around Fred on a daily basis? Well, you know, he's, a, he's an introvert. Uh, you never knew what he's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you never knew. You never know what was going to come out of him. But he was a he was the, the thing about Freddie. He sided in with the players whenever he had trouble with management. Yep. And and uh, and you know and he would we would go to Freddie and tell him and he goes and straighten it out. He goes straighten it out. And Mr. Snyder thought he was a. You know the second summing of uh, second second coming of Christ. So yeah. he uh, he just felt that he was like God and he could do it. You know he we had to pacify him and make sure keep him happy to keep his players happy. But Freddie was way ahead of his time. He instituted a lot of things in hockey that nobody ever thought of doing. You know like morning skates, morning skates. He started doing that in 1972. Mm-hmm. You know uh, going to the rink and and trying your equipment out and checking in your skate sticks. Uh, and then, and then also, uh, um, we'd have our pregame meals at twelve thirty, opposed to two o'clock. A lot of teams used to eat at two. Okay. We'd have a twelve thirty, uh, thirty, and and uh, and lunch. And uh, he just thought the more rest we got, the better off we we're going to be. And he instituted a, a system. Nobody ever talked about a system in the sixties and seventies until Freddie came along. There are just a lot of things he did that uh, people didn't realize, and uh, and he did video, video game. Nobody ever did video. There was video until Freddie came along. So you can see he was a he was an introvert, and uh, he was just above his time and ahead of his time. And things he would say to us, uh, 
we would figure them out a, a month later what he meant by that. <laughs> oh, boy. And then, you know, this famous saying, when today walk together forever, well, that certainly holds true, and that's right. That's 45, 46 years ago. Absolutely. And people still ask me that question. I spoke at a function the other day, and and uh, you asked, they asked me the same question you used to ask me about Freddie and all the things he did uh, uh, did institute in the game of hockey. And what? he was a fun guy to a fun guy to play with and uh, and be coached by Freddie. I mean, obviously it worked. I mean, you guys won two Stanley Cups. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. and then you know my next question here is you mentioned Mr. Snyder, right? Uh, yep. Everybody speaks very highly of him, and you know this is kind of a two-part question. Here is, and I mean you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Is you know he you know took care of all you players you know from the day you know he took over and then to the day he passed away. And then my second part was, do you think today's Flyers identity would be different if Mr. Snyder was alive? Oh sure, sure they wouldn't be going through all the problems they're having now. Thank God. I mean, he wouldn't. He wouldn't allow a lot of the stuff that's going on within the organization, and uh, and you know I can't get into it, you know. But uh, hmm. but no. there's so many things that are going on in the organization that Freddie or uh, Eddie would, and they would have never happened. Yeah. And there'd be a big happy, a happy family atmosphere, and Florida wouldn't be struggling. Although I think they're coming out of a little bit now, but they wouldn't have been struggling like they have been this past year or at the past few years. Yeah. If if uh, Ed was around, because he wouldn't stand for it, he'd be making moves as far as coaching staff and so on and so forth, and and creating a good synergy amongst the players and the team, and and uh, they're just missing a lot of lot of things right now with the team. And although I think that this guy they got I hired as a coach, I think he'll do a good job. I think that he's really changed the style of play. The Flyers are more aggressive to the puck now. Uh, the one problem they have still is coming out of their own zone. They're going to have to rectify that. Because Freddie used to always say, the least amount of time you spend in your own zone, the better off you're going to be. And uh, and uh, so when we had practice, our practice were about 35, 40 minutes long. Yep. Mm-hmm. The first 25 minutes of the practice were spent coming out of our own zone. Huh. So that was really key. And, you know, and we, and we never had many offensive uh, set plays in the offensive zone. We just... Had all the plays. We had four four different ways to come out of our own zone, and that's all we had to do. And uh, uh, as far as offense, uh, you know, we you take whatever the whatever the defensive team gives you. And uh, but I remember one thing about us. Uh, Bertie used to always say, "I don't want more than three passes in the offensive zone." After the third pass, we all know where the puck is going to go. It's going to go towards the net, and I want everybody converging on the net. And and that's the way it was. You had to converge in the net after three. It doesn't matter where the shot came from. You had to throw it towards the net because everybody knew the puck was going to go there. And we'd all converge in the net and try to get rebounds or whatever it was, you know. So, uh, but that was those were things that Freddie bought into the game, you know. And I don't think a lot of teams realize it, but that's the way our team played. And and uh, but Freddie did so many good things. Uh, and Mr. Snyder, yeah, Mr. Snyder just. You know, thought Freddie was a cat's mouth. We thought Freddie's a cat's mouth too. But Ed would have never stood for all the stuff that's going on today in the team. Gotcha. Now we're going to talk about you know the '74, '75 Stanley Cup teams. Like you guys, yep. you guys together, you know. And I, I preach this to my son, you know, who you met at Regency, and his team is you guys were a brotherhood, and not many teams get that. Like, how did you guys become so close? And so, you know, trustworthy on and off the ice with each other. Well, there again, you know, uh, we had great leadership. Clark was our captain. Clark was a great leader on the ice, off the ice. He didn't say a lot, but on the ice, you know, he he didn't he didn't say a lot on the ice either. Sometimes, but he just his actions. Uh, you know, he was a, he was a diabetic, and uh, all the insulin that he had to take every day. And I mean, my God, you have to admire what he went through and and the efforts he put on the ice. I mean, uh, his efforts were very strong and. And it was kind of embarrassing when you go up and see your captain doing all the things he's doing on the ice, and mm-hmm. and we're, we're and a lot of us aren't working as hard as we possibly should. We'd pick up we 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 would pick up the pace and uh, try to duplicate what he was doing. So, uh, you know, leadership was very important, and of course that comes from the coach, comes from the coach, but then it comes down into the players and so on and so forth, and. Uh, 
uh, Freddie was a great leader in, in, in so many ways. I mean, just the way he, the way he talked to us, the way he treated us, uh, you know, and we had so many good, good times together and, uh, and, and functions. I remember when we won our second cup in Buffalo, uh, we were, we were, <laughs> we, we were in Buffalo and, and, uh, and, uh, we flew into Buffalo and Freddie says, I don't want anybody going out tonight. We'll have a little party in our room. In my room, we'll get a suite and have a party because, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there not happy with us and everything else and they're probably waiting for us to go out so they can create some problems. So I said, I don't want anybody going out tonight. So, uh, <laughs> Freddie had a party in his room. Started at five o'clock, ended at ten. And as we were leaving, I saw two guys crawling in their hands and knees to their room. I mean, it was crazy. And one was Bernie Perron and 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 and, and Teddy Harris. They were both crawling in their hands and knees. We consumed a lot of a lot of alcohol and food and everything else. And it was crazy. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But you know, we went out and bite Buffalo the last game there in Buffalo, two nothing, and. Uh, Bernie, Bernie, uh, that was the best game Bernie played all year. Uh, Bernie was about 15 pounds overweight. He didn't really take care of himself <laughs> that well. So, so what do I, uh, but the Bernie, Bernie was, uh, boy, when the time came, he, he put it together. Holy mackerel. He really did, you know. No, I, I tell yeah. you, and I tell you, Joe, and I worked, you know, you guys did an alumni game against the Penguins at Santander Arena. Like a couple years ago, I think it was like five years, four or five years ago, and I worked the room there while you guys were there. And I tell you, like, you guys were all like basically young men again and teenagers. The stories you guys were telling, and you guys were like all yeah. yeah, it was it was awesome to see. And I remember, you know, you looked at me and you said, you know, you told me to look at a magazine that you know was cover of you guys winning the cup, and you're yeah. like, oh man, I remember that. I'm like, I looked at you, I'm like, I wasn't even alive back then. <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome. It was awesome to see you guys. Yeah. You know, it was awesome to see you guys. The way you guys still are together as a unit. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, yes. Now, yeah, we've had some fun play, fun times playing. Uh, you know, alumni games against uh, various teams. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we were just in Europe here a few years ago in uh, in Russia, and uh, so. When I, we were in Russia, we played a game in Kazakhstan. We played in Kazan, which I'd never heard of before, Kazan. And then uh, we played in uh, St. Petersburg. And that's where Datsu was playing for, and Kovalchuk, they were playing for the team in St. Petersburg. And then we played a game in in uh, Red Square in Russia. Okay. And I thought Putin was going to play, but he didn't play in the game. <laughs> but in a way, while we were there, I was the only guy that played in the game against the Russians in 76 that was still playing. And, uh, all the press want to talk to me about, about that game in 76. And then I looked at all these, all these people that were interviewing me and they're all young. And, uh, I said, well, you weren't even around when, when we won. <laughs> oh, no, Mr. Watson, we know this, but it, it's ingrained in our history what the Broad Street Bullies did to our great Soviet Red Army team. <laughs> yeah, didn't your, uh, didn't your team make them leave the ice early, right? Yeah, they left the ice. They, you know, Eddie Van Eck made a beeline for Car uh, Karmeloff, uh oh, and uh, knocked them down. It wasn't that bad of a check, but it knocked them down, and that was just their way of they wanted to leave, and uh, and they didn't want to continue the game. But the game was watched by over 300 million people all over the world. I remember my first wife's family lived in Stuttgart, Germany. They even watched. They never watched the hockey game in their life, but they watched the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we got letters from people from Australia, New Zealand, congratulating us on beating the Russians. You know, and I and the Russians are good guys. I mean, I got to meet and get to know some of the guys. You know, and and they were they were they were nice people. In fact, I'll tell you a story. After we beat them four to one, uh, I come out of the dressing room with a little flyer hat on. And it's about a two-dollar hat, and a Russian comes up to me, and he, he's pointing at my hat. I said, "You want my hat?" He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, "Okay." <laughs> so he had a Russian Cossack hat, probably about two hundred fifty dollars, <laughs> and I gave him like a little two-dollar hat. I still have the Russian Cossack hat, which is, you know, forty-five yeah. years old. That's right awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Now, yeah. 
Now, what what's the story behind that when they came on the ice? Because you know you hear that you know Mr. Snyder went down and said he wasn't going to pay him. Is that is yeah. that, is that yeah, true? Well, he said you know he went to and Clarence Campbell, Clarence Campbell of the National Hockey League. This is before the game started. He comes in and gives us a speech, and we told him more or less to get the hell out of here because, uh, you know what, he didn't like us. He didn't like. He want to go on the ice and uh, present us the Stanley Cup. He was, he didn't like our style of play, and we thought we were bad for hockey. But wherever the Flyers, Broad Street Bullies went, everybody came to watch the Bullies, and every game was sold out. Absolutely. So I don't know if we were bad for hockey. I... Uh, but anyway, that's what you know, Claire. But anyway, Clarence. Comes in with uh, he comes in the dressing before the game. He says, "You guys have have to uphold the fresh of hockey, the prestige of hockey in North America." And we more or less told him to get the hell out of here. But we went and won, we won for ourselves, no. uh, not for the league. But uh, but uh, uh, and that's the only time. That's the only time that anybody in Canada was cheering for the Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> we were so we were so hated. It was crazy. Especially go to Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, and those places there, uh, we would clean the, clean up on them, and they, they'd get all upset and everything else. And oh God! But anyway, everybody came to see the Broad Street Bullies play, and I understand why too, because they got their money's worth. If they paid fifty dollars for a ticket, they're going to get their more than their money's worth because just the style of play we played. Well, I know you know you mm-hmm. say you say that, and you know my son, my son's ten years old, and you know it's two thousand and twenty-one, and you guys are still well known for your style of play yeah. all over all over the earth you know it's it, yeah, it's, it's awesome it's true you know yeah it really is you know i i mean i i could i could I, like i say i just went i spoke at a function here two or three days ago and mm-hmm. and all these people there there was about 40 men in there 40 45 men there and they could remember where they were when we won our first stanley cup that's imagine awesome. that yeah that's 40 45 years ago Holy mackerel! It's it's crazy, crazy. So it goes to show you the impact we made in the Philadelphia area, and not only in Philadelphia area, but in hockey in general in North America. Mm-hmm. Now, I would, I would I, I'll tell you a story here. Yep. I'm flying from I'm flying from uh, Toronto to Vancouver about seven years ago, six seven years ago, when the HBO special came out about the Broad Street Bullies. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so I'm sitting on the plane, and this guy comes and sits next to me, and and we start drinking beer, and then I detected an accent. I says, "Are you a Brit?" He says, "No, I'm a Nazi." I says, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm a Canadian. I'm going. I'm going back home." He says, "Okay." So we start. We we drink some bubble Louis, and next thing you know, he says, "Well, what do you do?" I says, "Oh, I I work for the Philadelphia Flyers." He says, "What? You work for the Flyers?" He's. I said, "Yeah." He says, well, "What do you do?" I says, "Well, I used to play for the Flyers." He said, "You play for the Flyers? <laughs> really?" <laughs> and I says, "Yeah." And he says, "Well." He says, uh, "Are you? Did you play for the with the bullies?" I said, "Yes, I played for the bull with the bullies." He says, "Holy God!" He says, "I've been in New York for four days. I watched the Broad Street Bullies uh, tape twice on TV. I couldn't get over uh, what a what a great show it was and everything else." And uh, and I says, "Oh yeah, I was in there quite a bit." He says, "I thought I recognized. I heard hear you talking now. I recognize that voice he hears. <laughs> but anyway, there, here's a guy from Brisbane, Australia, never watched the game of hockey yep. in his life. And when he was sitting in 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 in, uh, in uh, his hotel room in New York, he watched it twice for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, small world though. What are the odds? Yeah. Now, so what a small world. What are the odds of that? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. But it doesn't matter where you go. Okay, there's a, there's a, a guy that just uh, came back from uh, from Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. a friend of mine, and he was over there in business, and he got picked up in a cab, and cabby asked him uh, where he's from. He said, oh, the bullies? You know the bullies? The guy said, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Czechoslovakia, the bullies. Wow. Oh, God, yeah. So it goes to show you we made such a big, big impact on a lot of people. Yeah. Now... Joe, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this name right now, you know, and your brother, Jim Watson. What was yeah. it like playing in the NHL, winning a Stanley Cup with your brother? Yeah, you know what, boy, that's a great question. I've been asked that a lot of times, and uh, and uh, you never expect that to happen. You know, you know, here's a town. We came from a town, like I say, there's about four thousand, five thousand people live there now. And you know when you look at that town, 
they produced in that area eight or nine guys that played in the National Hockey League. Imagine that. Yeah. Eight incredible. or nine guys that played in the National League within a hundred mile radius of Smithers. There's uh, the, the the Playfairs, uh, the Flockarts, uh, Glenn Cochran, uh, my brother and I, Danny Hamhouse, uh, Alan Kerr, uh, just all these guys at one time or another played and in, in, played hockey at Smithers. And uh, in fact, Rod Brindamore lived in Prince Rupert uh, for a while, and then he he went to Smithers. And every time he went to Smithers, he would go go look at the pictures of my brother and I. Uh, and they had a little museum there, right in the rink, and he would go look at all the pictures all the time, and and just think, oh my God, I can't believe I'm playing the same rink as the Watson brothers played up when they were young kids growing up. That's awesome. Uh, but you know what? Uh, yeah, you know, and then you know, we were the fourth brother combination ever to win a Stanley Cup together. You know that? Imagine that. All the brothers actually have now in the league. There's a lot more now. At the time in 1974, yeah, there was only four brother acts, and we were the fourth brother act to win a Stanley Cup. That's incredible. So that was a, a real accomplishment uh, for us. That is and so uh, cool. play with my brother. Playing with my brother, because he's ten years younger than me, and he was a faster skater. Good player, real good player, and uh, it was just a pleasure to really play with my brother. And and uh, and of course, when the ultimate the ultimate goal was to win the Stanley Cup, and that's what we did. So uh, that was very gratifying for for us, for sure. No, absolutely. I I got two more questions for you, Joe. We're gonna let you go. Um, yep. One being, um, you're still involved with the alumni. Yeah. How how special is it at being, you know, as long as you've been out of the game that you're still involved with the Flyers and you still, you know, touch the lives of fans? Like, what what does that mean to you? Well, you know what? It goes to show you they, I guess they respected me as a player, you know, respected me as a person and a player. And I like to give a lot back. You know, I've received a lot from the game, mm-hmm. uh, from the fans and the game itself. And I like to give as, as much as I possibly can back to the game. And uh, so that's why I keep involved. I do a lot of clinics. In fact, I'm doing a clinic Monday night with Brad Marsh out there in this outdoor rink. Uh, and it's nice to meet all these young kids and the parents and the parents. Parents, they you know they tell their they tell their when they were young growing up, they tell their kids about about us as individual players and so on and so forth. And so it's really nice when they when you when you hear them talk that way and how they how they feel about you and everything else. So it makes you feel good. Uh, and like I say, we, we travel. We've, we've gone to Europe nine different times and played in tournaments all over Europe. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, lot of cities, a lot of places we played in. We weren't, we weren't really well accepted very well because of our style of playing. And when we played in these teams and we played the Russians a number of times and we, you know, Russian teams and the Czechs, the Finns, the Finns are one group of people I, I really don't care for that much because they're a small country and they they think everybody's against them and they treat you treat you. Just, I think they disrespect you sometimes over there and and they really irritated us a few times. So uh, we didn't really care for uh, they 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 didn't really treat us well in Finland. Yeah. But other other countries, Norway, Sweden, you know, Russia, Czechoslovakia. Um, uh, uh, they treated us really well, uh, but in uh, and, and, and Finland, I didn't really care for the Finns that much. Really didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my last question would be, um, you know, my my son is sitting here listening, and you know, this goes out not, not only to my son but other young players, you know, because uh, when my son met you. At Regency Ice Rink, he, it was uh, the glow on his face, and that's all he talked about oh, all day. Good. That's all he yeah, talked I about. You guys, all, there, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, that's all he talked about all day, Joe. And you know your Stanley Cup oh. ring and everything. And you know he's ten yeah. years old, and you know he, he yeah. you know, I told him who Joe Watson was, and that's what he was doing: YouTube and the internet, checking you out. <laughs> so oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So you know he sits with here. Oh. Yeah, he sits. He's sitting here with me now. And what I want yeah. what I want to ask you is. You know, what would you tell younger players like him and, you know, kids getting older? What what do they need to do to progress, you know, to make it to the next level? 
like you and well, your brother I, did. Well, you know what? I think I think it's really important that you play more than one sport. Don't dedicate yourself just to hockey itself. I think you should play. You know, soccer is good for good for hockey. Hockey, being a hockey player, uh, because you have to move your feet. You gotta you gotta be very nimble on your feet, and I think that that helps you in your skating. Uh, and play other sports and, and enjoy them. And, and sure, dedicate yourself to one profession. I think you should start dedicating yourself to one of your professions when you're 13 or 14 years old and, and, uh, whichever sport you pick, you should just put your, put your, all your efforts into that sport and, uh, and train very hard and, uh, and practice. And, but, but above all, enjoy the game. Don't, 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 don't make it feel like it's a real job. Because if it comes that way, then you start getting upset when things don't go right. Just go out and enjoy it and have a lot of laughs. And, but practice and always practice the things you can't do well. That's how you get better. Never come out and do the same thing over and over and over. You'll never improve. So if you if you shoot the puck well, you don't want to shoot. You don't want to do all the shooting. You want to ha- try to handle the puck or skating or do some skating drills. Just do things you don't do well because that's how you improve. Uh, like I said, don't do the things you do well all the time. You'll never improve. So, uh, above all, the main thing is to enjoy it and, and things will work out well for yourselves and dedicate yourself to your profession, whatever profession it is. Awesome. And, uh, uh, things will work out. Awesome. Joe, we want to thank you for taking the time out and speaking with us tonight and we appreciate it and best of luck to you in your future endeavors. Well, thank you very much, boys, and good luck on your shows, okay? Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it, Joe. Take care. Okay, good Good talking to you. Thank have you. Bye-bye. Good, have a good night. Yeah, bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Mike? That guy's making me want to run through a wall yeah, right Yeah, man. <laughs> it, dude, dude, I love it. Great stories, man. Just a really nice guy. Uh, and, you know... It's great to hear his honest opinion about the whole Ed Snyder. And if he was in, if he was still around, like, what would he do? I guess you can say. And it's like that. Honestly, made me feel so relieved. But at the same I, time, it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I brought. I didn't want him. You know what I mean? I know he's still involved with the Flyers and everything, and that's why I told him he doesn't have to answer. You know, but I, I, I love the perspective that we talked about. I really do because I, I believe firmly believe like he believes, just like you believe that yep. if Mr. Snyder was still around this nonsense would not be going on. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like you said himself. It's like if he was around, there was no way in hell anything of any of this kind of nature, I guess you can say, an organization would be going on and AV wouldn't still be on bench. Well, you know, mm-hmm. you took him off a little too late. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of one of those things, man. Like, I, I just really feel like the whole organization, I think Claude's ready to get out. Like, you can almost see it with him. Uh, and honestly, I just feel like Chuck Fletcher is just garbage. So, I I mean, my my big thing here is, and I said this to you, I said this to A, we talk about it all the time, is, I mean, somebody can, you, when you listen to this, you correct me if I'm wrong, but is the day and age that we're in right now is you can't, you know, just trade any player away these days because of the cap. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on. You know what I mean? The, the coach is going to be the first one to go because he, he's the first one in line. But can you tell me who's our superstar on the team? Because I couldn't tell you. I mean, right right now, I mean, that's playing really on a consistent basis is probably – like I'm <laughs> the last three games, okay. the last three games is, you know, and, and is Carter Hart. Yeah. Okay. I, I really yeah. believe. I, 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 I believe Carter Hart, you know what I mean? Cam Atkinson stepped up last night. But, you yeah. know, and, and I, I mean, there's people out there that, you know, hate Drew and like, listen, as much as I, I you know, you can, you can you can talk shit on me if you want people listen. Like, Drew's not the problem. He's, yeah. he's not. You know, you got to think about it. You know, you get a superstar like him, like, he's a superstar. Who, who's with him on the team that's a superstar? You know, you look at other teams. You look at other teams. You know, you look at the Penguins, Crosby, Malkin. Yep. Give me give me a, a team right now. I guarantee you I can figure yep. someone out. McDavid, you know I mean? McDavid Dreisaitl. You know what I yep. mean? It's the one-two punch. Like, you know, Couturier, I listen, 
I, I had Uchis this has been producing. Yeah, though. I had this conversation with uh, with an inju- you know a person, and I said, you know, I, I when when Katoria a couple years ago, I was like, ah. You yeah, know what I, mean? I was, I was about uh, two years ago. But you know, he, yeah. he grew on me and I, I think he's a solid player. But is he a superstar? No. He's not a superstar, but he's an everyday player that shows up and produces. He's not a superstar, he's not flashy. Okay, so wait, in, in your opinion, what do you think would be for like the organization? What would be the right step for them? Like what would you do next if Honestly, you were in like Yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I would, you know, hopefully that some of these players would put their pride aside and play to win, like, you know, take notes from Crosby and McKinnon. Let me let me not make so much money and bring somebody in so I can win a cup. Well, that's the thing, bro. Like, even still, we don't have someone with that type of speed or, you know what I mean? Like, think about it. Boston Bruins, mm-hmm. like, they got pasta. Uh, think about anyone in our conference, Washington. You can name like two guys right off the oh, rip. right they off the rip. Smithoff, Obi, yeah. and Oshie, yeah. right? Um, and that's the thing. You got Pittsburgh. You, you got fucking Crosby, Malkin, and like who do we have really? Like we don't have names. Like, uh, we, we, have, we have names. we have the names, but you know they're not producing yeah. like they supposed to or used to yeah and i get it man I, I, I get it it's the fastest game on earth it's the hardest game you know to create but like you know Bring wade allison up that's i, I just want to see that kid play it's it, it's to the point man it's it, it's there's no there's no identity there's no identity with the flyers anymore does that make sense mm-hmm. there's yep. none and it's like, you know, like Joe said, the identity of them, and they're, everybody's still talking when they meet him. He meets mm-hmm. people on a plane from Czech Republic or, you know, Austria, Australia. Oh, you play for the Bullies? Yeah, that's an identity. You know but, what I mean? Like, it's... it's we, go ahead. We don't have that. We just don't. And you know what the crazy part is? I went to see our affiliate, you know, the Phantoms. Um, I, it was like last week, two weeks ago. And Wade Allison... It was his first game back since training camp, right? Yep. Did not know that, so I was so pumped to watch him play. This, I'm telling you right now, TJ, this team looks so different than our NHL team in a sense. They had, going into the second period, over 32 shots. They got lappy, that's why. They got lappy. They turned it around, he adapted. unbelievable watching these guys because, like, dude, going into the third period, um, Wade got hit from the side. It was kind of a, it was a clean hit. There was no penalty on it. But then you see one of the one of our own guys go after the guy, and it's like, bro, good. Like I'm glad you're sticking up for one of your best players. And plus, it's his first game back yeah. from an injury. So you know what I mean. So like, it's just different to see that type of play style because that's a team, in my opinion, and this isn't the AHL that played with true heart that game. And yeah. that was one game I was the same. I was like, it was incredible watching that. I just don't know if the Flyers are playing with heart right now. I, it's it's tough, man. Not 2010 team, brother. Yeah, I'll say that much. It, it's tough, man. It really is. And again, I'll go back to the whole Drew thing. Like, like Drew's like I think they said he's like one or two in scoring since 2010. Okay. Like you can't you can't fault the guy. You can't. Like, do I? I mean, this is this is my opinion. Everyone's got an opinion, right? Do I think yep. he's captain material? No. Do I think he's assistant captain material? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Who, I, I, who do you think? Is, who do you think deserves to see that? My honest opinion, I would give it to A. Katorier or B. Provorov. Because you know Provorov plays with an edge. Katorier plays with an edge. You know, if something happens where you know some bullshit happens, you know Katorier is going to drop him. Yep. He's going to stick up for his teammates. You know what I mean? The you know last, the last, what's that? You know, lots would. I know, hundred percent. The last yep. time I saw Giroux be aggressive and be that aggressive captain was against Crosby when he laid him out. The shift, you know what I mean? That, the, his shift. I'm not talking about the shift with Mike Richards. I'm talking about the shift with Giroux, where you know, right off the draw, right, right the playoffs, yep. drilled him almost right into the bench, yeah, right from the bench there, yeah, yep. Uh, you know what's crazy? That's iconic. I still remember that. You know, How many years ago yeah, was that? You know what it, I mean? It's crazy. So that's man. the crazy part. It's crazy. But, it's just. But what do you what do you think would take to get G to get fiery like that again? Like, 
I haven't seen him pissed off like that in a long time. I feel like he's just almost going through the motions. I'm obviously not going to blame the family or I mean, anything like that. But I'll say it. I mean, I don't. I you know you can you can criticize me for saying this, and I I mean it's it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like I'm a dad. He's a dad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love my kids to death. You know what I mean? But when I'm at work, I I don't I don't sit there and and think about my kids. You know what I mean? And I, again, I, I, I'm sorry if you take offense to this, and I'm sorry, Claude, if you hear this. But I was at opening night, you know, with my son, and we're sitting there watching. And what I noticed, and I told you this, Mike, you know what I mean? I saw, you know, Claude, I saw Travis, I saw James. They all went to the corner and were like waving to their kids and playing with their kids. Like, is this like. Pick up hockey at night, or are you guys playing in the fucking show? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. do you how do you get in the zone? Like, I get it. Again, I'm not being cold-hearted. I, I love my kids. I'm a, I'm a dad. I love my kids as, as all they should. You know what I mean? Like, Travis, Claude, James. Like, they all should. Yeah, but, but think about it this way, Tej, right? Put it in perspective. You don't have Lenny on the lawnmower or anything like that. You know what I mean? You don't have him at your job. But it, you know it, what I mean? Like, but still, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 yeah. it no, I see where you're coming from. They're playing. They're playing in the show. I don't. I don't do landscaping anymore, Mike. <laughs> they don't do. Well, no, they, they're they're you playing. The grass at home. No, I go. I go. They they literally are playing in the greatest game on earth, getting paid millions of dollars. But there's still like I get it, man. I'm not trying to be cold hearted, Mike. I'm not. But I think you are. You, you see, you from. see the players like, dude, are you focused or are you trying to play with your kid that's on the other side of the glass? You know what I, I mean? Agree with you. I'm, I, telling you, bro. I'm not I'm, again, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to be cold hearted. But that's that's just my opinion. Like it's it, it's not cool, man. You you guys are out there like bust your dick. You're going to war, like you know you're playing hockey, man. Yep. Hockey. You're playing NHL hockey, and you're playing a fast game, and you're worried about like you should be worried about like, dude, I want to put that guy through the fucking glass into the fucking fifth row. You know what I mean? Like you want to go? I'm nobody's touching my fucking puck. Like you know, Happy Gilmore. You know what I I mean? I feel like a lot of, like, especially our team nowadays, like, we shy away from that so much. It's more of just, like, rub outs and then, all right, let's start transition and go up the ice. Fuck, and, if you want to rub one uh, out, go fucking home. Yeah, bro, <laughs> and that's what I mean. It's kind of just finish your check, but put them through the wall and, like, I don't know, man. They're not your buddies. Like, I I agree, man. The team. I agree. But, uh, yeah, so real quick, um. Before I get away from the Flyers here, I just want to bring up Ryan Ellis. Uh, do you think he would have a big impact on the team if he was in lineup? 100%. 100%. One of the best defensemen, in my opinion, in the league, and he's been out most of the year. 100%. Dude, I saw him on opening night, and he, dude, I'm telling you this, he's a fucking silent killer. He's like the Zodiac oh, killer, bro. Absolutely. The Zodiac killer. Uh-huh. That's what he's like. He does his fucking damage, and you don't even know who did it. Like, he, yep. he's and so. Dude, but that, that's the fucking crazy part, man. Like, he's such a good power play guy, and it sucks because we can't even see it. Like, I, him and Proby at the point with Aiki, um, let's see, G, and I, I honestly, probably Coots. Mm-hmm. That, that would be my, my number one guy. I, I'd probably throw, if Wade Allison ever got in the lineup, I'd probably put him on power play, too. But listen, like, I'm going to touch on your Wade Allison. Who does Wade Allison yeah. remind you of? No, I'm not saying that. Wayne, Wayne Simmons. Well, yeah, in that sense. Uh, just because the one thing I will say, though, instead of Wayne, he has such good hands. Oh, my God. Like, dude. Dude, Wade's hands that the other week were just filth. He toeed a guy so bad. The guy literally got crossed off and, like, fell over. You just heard it in the crowd go, oh, no. <laughs> like, it was, and, like, dude, the, he must have hit poster bar probably twice that game, and then he gave a nasty apple, like, just a backdoor saucer, yeah. just right off the back of the hand of his blade, and just, like, the guy just taps it in. 
I'm like, dude. And of course, it's you know teddy bear toss. So there's over thirty thousand bears no on the ice. Shit. Place went nuts, man. And we scored the first goal too in the first period. So yeah. the place just went absolutely nuts the rest of the game. So it it was great, man. I'm telling you, we did. We just need to bring more young talent up from our farm system. I just feel like we don't have enough faith in some of our younger players. But like, if you want to develop them for NHL speed, bring them up to an NHL game like a few times. Dude, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm all board. You know, bringing Cam York up. You know what I mean? Like, let him fucking play. You know what Bro, I mean? Honestly, like, I agree with that too. Bring Cam up. Like, look at look at fucking. Um, Oh my god, fucking Nico Heischer. Like he's one of those guys, young player, just brought right into the league almost immediately. That's so my like, hey, that's my nephew Jackson. My nephew Jackson loves Nico. Like the kid knows every yeah. everything about the Devils and I told you, like, for all that knows, my, my in laws are, you know, huge Devils fans and my nephew Jackson, he's I think he's five. Huge, huge Devils fan, knows everything about the Devils and every time the, the Flyers play somebody or they play the Devils, he always has to shit talk me. <laughs> I'll never let you live it down either. Well, I'm telling you, like, it's funny. Like, I told you on Thanksgiving, for the crowd, you know, people listening doesn't know. Like, I, I walk in on Thanksgiving. I haven't seen the kid in a while. I talk to him on the phone. And first thing he says, he's like, ha-ha, Florida 2, Flyers 1, ha-ha. And he walks away. Just runs away. Like, just shit talks me. I, I love the kid to death, man. He, he's awesome. But again, he's Nico. Nico, he loves Nico. He sure, and I, I think that I'm just gonna sit here and, you know, yeah, he's asking for presents, but the kid has everything. So I think I'm, we're gonna get him a Nico He sure jersey for his, for for Christmas. Uh, it's I'm, tough, man, being a Flyers fan, buying a Devils jersey. I'll say he could just shit in the box. And then nah, just for, and a, for my nephew, I love, I love, uh-huh. I love him to death, man. I'll get him whatever he wants. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm telling you though, it, it's great because I, my family are just diehard uh, Philly everything. If you don't like Philly, they're like get the fuck out of our family. No, oh, hundred. That's uh, how. I, that's how my family is. Yep, and you know what? It, it's kind of a lifestyle you are raised in, and yeah, I guess we are kind of dickhead fans, but at the same time, we're just passionate. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's why I look at it. I agree. Right, brother, anything else? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, <laughs> rough, rough night at practice here. Rough, rough night at practice with Lanny. I'll, uh, I can't go on on air and talk about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll fill I'll fill you in. You know, an Xbox here in about ten minutes, so we can talk about it. Ooh, but, sounds good to me. But other than that, guys, uh, thank you again. Um, Sorry we haven't been doing it. You know, I, I'm busy, you know, with with coaching and everything. Christmas time, holidays. Mike's busy, you know. I'm working a full-time yeah, job, doing and his, I'm trying to get a house. So doing I stuff. No, everyone. It's, it's fine. Just bear with us. You know what I mean? You know, we're going to get, you know, a special guest on here. Uh, but, again, we thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And uh, stay dusty, guys. Stay dusty.